right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Ball Never Lie podcast. I'm one half of your host here. I'm the coach. What up, y'all? Our face is here. We are here. Luke's foe, what up? Yes, sir. And that leads to our next major announcement. We have partnered up with the Lake Show family and their YouTube channel, as we'll be now, be now launching from there. So once again, salute to our rookie new listeners that we'll be bringing in. And once again, shout out to our season vet listeners that's been holding us down. We're here for another season. And again, what does that mean for our podcast? Nothing new. That's just all it means now is you now get to put the names to the faces as we get to talk the game. We'll be a little bit more in-depth with the Lakers basketball, talking about more into that in tune. But once again, just still tapping in across the league, giving our input and our intake, man. So, again, thank you again to the Lake Show family. We appreciate it, and we can't wait to get things moving and started. Yes, sir, man. So we here. We're excited, but, man, ain't nothing changing. we just showing our face now. Um, that's pretty much it. we still going to talk our shit. They know how we do. Yes, sir. We love to agree to disagree. It don't matter, man. we just here to bring the game the same the way we see it. Just a different talk, not from what you guys see on, on your occasional TVs or whatnot. We, we're here straight from the culture, and as we tapped into it, man. So, well, as we hear, you know, preseason just now wrapping up, you know, as we get into things as – Checking out the game right now. The Lakers lose another, lose their preseason finale. But besides that, they wrap up the preseason two and four. So, Luke Fo, man, what's your thoughts on the preseason overall? And and it's hot. Well, two part question. One, do wins and losses mean anything to you in the preseason? And then two, off of that, how do you think the team is looking going into next Tuesday? Wins and losses mean maybe like 30, 40% to me. Um, it depends how you win, how you lose. It depends who was playing, who wasn't. So it's it's a lot of different factors when it comes to preseason wins and losses. But fully healthy team, if you guys are just, you know, losing and playing, you no know, decent minutes, yeah, it matters. But if you have different rotations just, you know, messing around with, with the roster, then not really. So I'm 40% with that. But um, just overall, they, they're pretty decent. I wasn't mad. Um. I've been campaigning for Torian Prince to start. As we've seen, he started most of the preseason. He's looked good. Um, he had a couple foul trouble problems, but I think that'll be different in the regular season because it'll be different matchups and different defensive assignments and stuff like that. So I think he'll be straight. Um, I'm not really feeling Cam Reddish yet. Uh, I know it's supposed to be a slow grind, um, but – for Laker fans to want him for the last two and a half, three years, he ain't brought nothing. It ain't been at least, you know, 3-3, three, three, something where we excited cheering for yet. Um, it's been sloppy basketball. Tonight he's in foul trouble with five fouls, I think. I turned it off, so I don't know if he got his six, but he had five fouls. He didn't look good. Um, Max Christie, he's looked good. He's had a good uh, summer for me. He looked good in summer league and now trans – uh transitioning into preseason he's still kind of keeping that same energy with with like the confidence it's not even about scoring baskets it's about the confidence for him um Reeves has kind of been barely playing but tonight again regular Austin Reeves he looked good AD started off with five blocks in eight minutes so we know it's coming there and then LeBron had 19 tonight he hasn't really played all preseason so I can't really judge him but AD's look good he looks confident in his shot whether it's going in and out He's not really, like, hesitating. He used to, like, pump fake a little bit and then kind of hold it. And then <laughs> he's confidently, you know, just shooting the ball now. So, I'm liking the preseason. I'm not mad. I think, what, they won in four, one and three or one and four or two and four? Uh, two, two and four after the night, two and four. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really tripping. Um, I, w- I would have liked to win tonight and forgot what other game they lost. I'll look it up later. But it was two games where I was like, they should have won. But I'm not really tripping it in the rookies. Um, I know Huchifino guys are mad at him, but that's a slow grind for me. I'm not tripping off him. I know he'll, you know, come along later, and he's not going to get the minutes. So I don't know what people are hoping for. Um, Hodges, he's looked good. He looks like a mini KCP. They've been saying that since um, Summer League. And then Colin, I don't think he'll get the roster spot after pre watching him in preseason. I thought that in Summer League, but – Preseason, I don't think so. I think he'll grind it out in the G League and then, you know, come in and out during the regular season with injuries. But I won't be mad if he plays because Jackson Hayes has looked good. I ain't going to lie. He's looked good. He's looked energized. 
He's bringing that youth and athleticism that we've been preaching for the last two years. So overall, I'm liking it. How you feel? Yeah, man. Uh, just to go back to the first part of the question, like you said, the, the wins and losses at all, it don't really matter to me. Like you said, I put not even half the stock into that just because, like you said, there's guys who's playing in the games who's not going to be on a roster that's out there that's even playing hard, competing. And then also, too, as well, like you said, you're trying different lineups. Like you said, for example, Hushafino is not going to be out there when, when it really matters. So those guys are just out there getting reps, which is still good for them. All the all the reps you can get, especially coming into the league, that, that matters. But overall, I like the pieces that we got. Um, I know I was tough in the beginning on Jackson Hayes, but overall he's been playing well, been putting pressure on the rim, been catching lobs, has good hands, has good screens. So that really means a lot as far as what just our ball handlers. That's going to open up a lot of open shots. And then also, too, D'Angelo Russell's look well. He's been talking that talk all, all season. So, so far, he's backed it up. So now we got to see when it counts. Is he still going to bring the same energy? And hopefully he does. Um, and then also, too, I don't, like you said, we haven't really seen Braun much. But you can tell he's healthy. He got a little, he got more bounce to his step. Even in this game, you can tell he's worked on his handle. I mean, year 21, he finally looked like he can dribble dribble and put a, put a handle out there. But, I mean, hey, for all his worst shit, better late than never. And then, like you said, AD, we know he's going to bring on the defensive side. He's not going to get that defensive player of the year type love just because that comes with being a Laker. But understandably, the, the fans going to see it. We're going to respect it. We're going to love it. At the end of the day, our biggest Achilles heel, no pun intended, is going to be health. It's going to, it, that's, that's really what it comes down to. We know guys like Abe Vincent sat out tonight, Vanderbilt sat out the, the last few preseason games just because of, of, of little nagging injuries. But again, it's a long run, and that's why we got the roster we got and we built so we can survive these little hard times that we're going to have because every team goes through their little issues. So hopefully we we can stay healthy for the most part and definitely throughout the, the, the postseason if we get there, which we should, as we'll talk about later. But, again, it's, it's, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a marathon. It's not a sprint, and that's what, that's what all Laker fans got to realize at the end of the day. As long as we don't come out to that two and ten start, which I don't think we will, like last season. All right, everything's gonna be fine in, in Lakerland. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned D'Lo. I don't know how I forgot about him, but to me, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like he's saying all the right things to you know be a winning player. Um, he saluted Derek White, which was major because you know you watch hoops. Derek Derek White is a winning player. So if you're going to make winning plays and you said you want to model your game after him, even though you're offensively already better than him, but you don't do the other things that he does that makes him better than you. I, I respect that. And he showed it. I, I was saying it even before. So before the last game, when he said that quote, I was like, man, it's some about him where he's like really trying on defense. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, he's just happy to be on the court. But then when he said that, I'm like, damn, it all makes sense. Like, and I was had like you see him taking charges out there, really yeah, competing like, on defense. I don't, I don't. With that quote, obviously things can change, but you know, going into the season, we already thought, okay, D'Lo could be a piece we move later. Even though I kind of didn't want to, but it was still a thought, like, okay, we could move him. But man, I, I don't, I don't want to move him. I don't want to touch this roster, to be honest. I do not. I don't want to hear trade rumors. I don't hear none of like. I like this roster a lot. It's built really good. The only thing I'm scared about is everyone else likes the roster. So that's what's weird. It's like when everybody likes them, I don't know. But when we got hate and we actually pretty decent, I like it a little better, but everybody on it. So we got to come out and perform, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. The pressure's on us now, for sure. All they got to do is come out and play. We know Jarvin Hammond his second full year. And I, I honestly, a, a first full year with this roster that he has also as well. He's... The, the the eyes are going to be on him for sure now. So he, he got the pieces in place now. So now we just got to make them fit. And then also, too, just as far as those pieces, Rui Hachimura, I'm going to say this right now, should be a candidate for sixth man of the year. The way he's been playing and been hooping all preseason, if he can carry that into the season by averaging those same 16, 17 points that he's been giving us, man, again, it's only going to make make Rob look like the, the genius that he was for, for selling none, literally none for Rui. So, again, salute to Rui and his growth. And, again, you mentioned Torian Prince, like I said. Like we said, man, we like the whole roster. We said it before. We're going to say it again. We got a strong a strong nucleus at our hands right now. And I, I can't wait to see what lines we even put out there. 
I'm gonna put this out there though. I don't know if you agree, but I, I don't think we're gonna win no awards. We might we're gonna get some all NBAs, most likely. If well, no, that's why I said candidate. He should be a candidate. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna win no awards. That's like suck, man. Like if he averaging 15 and maybe like let's say five, maybe five rebounds, 15 and five sounds realistic. And we're a top four, maybe top three team, like it should be a no-brainer. But as Laker fans, we already accustomed to it. Like we ain't winning nothing, man. When it comes to awards, but yeah, um, that's the Lakers. You know, we love to talk about our Lakers, but so you know, we love to talk about our Lakers. But um, there's a lot of teams with moving parts this offseason that got better, and we didn't really get to them. So let's start with our rivals and um, the Celtics. Drew Holiday went over there. They traded Marcus Smart. Had a little three-team trade. They got Porzingis. What's your thoughts on the Celtics and that move for Holiday? I hate that I got to root against Drew because, as as you know, and a lot of people know who's been following this podcast for now, I'm a, I'm a Drew Stan, Drew Holiday Stan, but he didn't cross over now. Like, officially, he he, he went in the wrong green for me, so I can't root for him. But and, you hate, KP. and you hate KP. <laughs> so it's a oh, tour. Okay, again, I don't hate Porzingis, man. It was, <laughs> it was a bad situation that was never going to work with Luka, and I called it from the jump. That was it. All right, like I said, I give I give him his props. He definitely bounced back over in Washington, had a bounce back season, and played the majority of the game. So I definitely got to give him his credit and his flowers for that. Now he's over in Boston with a contender. He doesn't have any pressure on him to be a, a, a A or B option. And a lot of times he's going to be that fourth option, depending on how the night goes as far as Derek White has a hot night or Drew Holiday can hit knock some shots down. So there's no pressure on Porzingis at all to perform. Celtics got the depth at their roster. Their plan, they said they're going to use Peyton Pritchard. I hope they do because he's been sitting there itching, waiting to go. And for those who don't know, <laughs> Peyton Pritchard can really hoop. So if Boston really decides to put him in their plans and we see a backcourt at times where it's Holiday and Peyton Pritchard, she can get real ugly out there for a lot of the teams in the East. And, and even Milwaukee, which we'll touch on too, because their roster, when we're talking about from top to bottom, if you ask me, it's way better than what Milwaukee has to prove right now. And I I hate to say it, but I like what Boss is doing over there. Now, of mm-hmm. course, I'm not going to root for them. Hell no. But I'm going to respect it because, again, that's a team I want to see now put it all together and make it happen. The pressure now becomes down on Joe Missoula. We got to see if he if he can now get them over the hump, take them to the promised land. He got them into game. They made it to a game seven last year after being down 3-1 three, three, or 3-0. Yeah, being down 3-0, right? I think it was my memory bad, too. I think it was 3-1, though. I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those. They, they was down. That's for sure. But, but again, they never should have been in that position in the first place. But, hey, now all the pressure on you. Again, I really believe if they don't get over the hump as far as at least make it to the finals with Joe Mazzula, they're going to get another head coach for sure. So do we put any pressure on Tatum after what we oh, see? Oh, definitely. I, I think so because, again, he's up due for the Supermax next year, assuming that he plays and makes an, uh, another all-NBA team. He's considered top five in a lot of people's eyes and top ten, which he deserves to be in that conversation. He's in my top ten players as far as in the league right now. But now it's time for you to put up a shut-up. You got it. You got it now. If you're that guy that that especially put the team on their shoulders, if you want that three that three twenty plus or however goddamn much money they make nowadays, if you if you if that's your title and that's and that's the goal right there, you got to take everything that come with it. That's how I feel about Jalen Brown too. Well, both of them, but Jalen Brown just got the max super max, so it's time. Um, Joe Mazzulla. He did give them a little leeway last year about, I mean, with how bad he played. I mean, he coached and, the you know, not calling the timeout, stuff like that. So it's like I'm kind of not scared, but I kind of feel like he might be the scapegoat if they don't work out. But, you know, that's that's for another day. That's down the road. But that's my little theory. He could be the scapegoat with his superstars not performing because even Drew last um, – Last playoffs offensively, Drew wasn't good. And hey, that's yeah. 
that's another thing too. There's gonna be the playoff moments where, where Drew go like six for nineteen. So Boston fans yeah. be prepared. As much as I love Drew, I can't lie. He's gonna give you them, them poor offensive nights. So just be ready for it. Be prepared. All right. But again, now we're going from to Drew's former team now, Milwaukee. They they pulled the trigger on the three team deal where Dame ended up in, in Milwaukee. That now sent Drew to Portland originally. Aiden got moved to from Phoenix to the Suns, all the moving pieces. So overall, overall, just starting with that trade, I'm going to just say this now. Miami Heat are the biggest losers, no matter what. They lost the summer. They 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 lost the trade. You didn't even end up with Drew as a consolation prize. And they can they can whine and say, oh, well, Portland didn't want to do business with us. You should have came Portland correctly and came the right way. But no, instead, y'all didn't. They don't have to bow down and kiss the ring just because y'all Pat Riley, y'all the king of South Beach. I, I don't care about none of that. When you when it's time to stand on business, you got to do right by by each size. And if you, I know that I have the prize possession right here, I want something back in return. And clearly, we see Miami didn't reach out to any third or fourth parties to make this team this this deal work. Where where we see Milwaukee, who have the resources, didn't have to give up too much besides just Grayson Allen, who's an expiring contract after this year, and Drew Holiday, and now. Essentially, you upgrade from that point guard position from Holiday to Dane. So, again, Miami's in the dumps with this one. And in that three-team deal overall, it may not show as of right now, but I think all those all those teams won, won in that trade scenario where Portland gets younger. They got DeAndre Ayton as their, as their focal point right now, we could say, going to this year. Takes pressure off of Scoop where he doesn't have to be the main guy. He got somebody – who can put up 20 a game, 20 plus a game. And now he gets to show himself as far as he, if he, he's that big dog. He's been going around saying he's dominating trash ass nickname, honestly, but that's neither here or there at the moment. But again, I like the young nucleus that Portland has, even with Malcolm Brogdon being there, I don't see him lasting the whole season. I think eventually someone's going to get him out of there and Portland is going to get what they want in return as far as maybe draft picks, something like that. But I like what he provides for that for that locker room and that young core. We always talk about how how a lot of these young lockers need OGs. Well, Malcolm Brogdon is like a perfect person to to be a locker room leader guy, and especially with already guys like Scoop who's already mature in there, Anthony Simons who we know ain't gonna get in no trouble off the court. Still got Jeremy Grant over there as well, so that helps for that nucleus also too. And then the Suns they get more depth as we just saw. They got Grayson Allen. Yusuf Nurkic over there to now play the five who fits that five position and you don't have to over cater to where you would have had to at some point with DeAndre Ayton or that wouldn't have worked out as well. But all those players know those know their roles going into Phoenix. So that's how I thought about just initially about the three team deal. But, but how, how did you think about it? Um, we got the same thoughts when it comes to everybody got better. I see everybody's like, oh. Aiden to Nurkic is a big drop off, but I don't really see it that way. Um, you gotta like with Aiden, it's weird because it's like numbers lie with him. If you actually watch him, his rebounding is a lie because he's he's like an area rebounder. If it's in his area, yeah, he'll grab it. He's seven foot, but he's not chasing rebounds. He's not overextending himself. Doesn't earn offensive rebounds like that. Yeah, he gets long rebounds. Scoring-wise, yeah, he gets his. But, again, that's Devin Booker pressuring, you know, the defense and then just dumping it off to him. Like, it wasn't like they were calling plays for him, which is another reason he was complaining a lot. So, it's like out in Portland, it's going to be a difference, but he also gets to be under the radar. But Nurkic fits Frank Vogel's system. He's more of a defensive guy. He's not an eye guy. He's going to be the fifth option pretty much, possibly fourth. But he ain't really there to score. He's there to rebound. Maybe get a couple little dump off scores, create some fouls, and just, you know, play defense. So that fits. And then Grayson Allen, as much as I hate him, he's a scrappy defender. Another guy that's going to fit with Vogel's system. So I think they got better. Nazir Little is a project that they were able to add on to that. And as you see tonight, he's kind of killing the Lakers before I turned it off. So he could be a piece. He was starting to emerge in Portland late in the season with all those injuries, but I understand why they moved on. It was a piece to move on from. And then with the Bucks, I mean, Dame is such an upgrade. Dame and Giannis is just – it's must-see TV. I'm I'm willing to watch every single game of that. Just because I know that pick and roll 
gonna be crazy. The dump off to Dame after you know Giannis is trying to take on four guys to the rim, the HB dive, like we like to call it. Once he does the HB dive and is able to kick off and Dame shoots from 30, 40 feet, easy. So that's gonna be fun to watch. The only problem with the Bucks is, and it's crazy because Dame fits this too, they don't get younger. They don't get younger or athletic. They never do. I realize <laughs> I they never that. do. They go backwards from what the NBA is doing. And <laughs> because Giannis is so good, they're able to sneak it. But as soon as he, you know, has a little nagging injury or he doesn't have his counterpart, Bucks look like trash. So this is another season where even though they won a championship, Giannis has to prove himself. Middleton has to prove himself. Dame has to prove himself in a winning situation without, you know, being the guy that's just a loyal. He's now the guy that basically joined the super team and we got to see what he does. So everybody's under pressure. They have a new head coach as well. So there's a lot of parts there where it can easily crumble. They could easily somehow lose to the heat, which, you know, I, I would throw up, but. <laughs> that, that's their kryptonite. The Heat have the Bucks and Celtics numbers somehow every year. So, I don't let know. me ask you this question: Do you uh, think Do you think Dame has is is amongst um, NBA players with the most pressure on him this season? Because uh, we've seen Giannis, we've seen Giannis win a ring. Mm-hmm. So now you got to come over now, replace what Drew Holiday did, and you're the upgrade. Like as we're saying, so if you don't at least get to the finals. Who's that on? Especially assuming Giannis is healthy, Middleton is out there, everybody's out there. Who do we look at? It's weird because it's yes, and my list consists of all basically damn near the super team. So Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Dane, AD, and then my fifth, I just keep switching. But those four, media-wise and worldwide, I feel like have the most pressure. Kevin Durant, for obvious reasons, he switches teams every year. Um, he gets what he wants and loses. Devin Booker, it's he's I mean, he's still young, but he's been in the league so long. We're not using that, oh, he's still young thing for him anymore. And then with Dane, like I just said why, and then AD, everybody wants the Lakers to fail. Everybody thinks AD doesn't play enough basketball. Everybody thinks AD can't shoot. Everybody thinks AD's again, not healthy, or he can't go up against Jokic, even though... They really make it seem like he doesn't try. <laughs> yeah, like, this playoffs, I, I thought after, the even though we got swept, the performance he put up game after game after game after game, it would be like, okay, we're going to lean off of him a little bit. But nah, he didn't get it, so I'm, I'm going to keep him on my list for that reason. He's not on my personal list, but he's on my, my, my media list, maybe I would say, because those four guys... All the tweets I read, all the articles, the TV show clips, because I don't watch them, but the clips that go on Twitter, it seems like those four names is like, you know, like a big pressure this year. And then Bradley Bill, he secretly has been my five, but I keep switching. But he's another guy. He's been a loser his whole career. No disrespect to him, but he's been um, a, a scoring loser, if we're just going to call it what it is. So. <laughs> yeah. He got a lot of pressure on him um, going into that situation with two unguardable guys. Nobody can guard this team. So it, it's some pressure there, too. But, yeah, I think Dame's under a lot of pressure, to be honest. Yeah, man. Then just to, just to add on as far as just like guys with, with pressure, I know this is not getting a lot from the media, but even though it, it should be to me, Donovan Mitchell deserves a lot of pressure over there in mm. Cleveland. Everybody keeps saying he's a number one option. They kept comparing him to D Wade. Now Anthony's getting compared. Anthony Edwards getting that D Wade comparisons. Who is y'all damn Dwayne Wade? Y'all need to figure that out. But again, if he's supposed to be this this all league, all NBA number one option, and y'all keep saying, "Oh well, he's 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 not going to stay. He wants to go to New York." If I'm Cleveland, I would be prepared to accept any trade offers that that fits me. That what I want. To move Donovan Mitchell, and that's and this is no disrespect to what I'm about to say about Donovan Mitchell. He's an undersized two guard, so I don't see him really leading your team as far as being that number one option guy where you're going to put the ball in his hands in the last minute or so. Be like, yo, we need you to to put us over the hump. I'm sorry, he showed he didn't do it in Utah when Kawhi got hurt. 
So what makes it the difference now? If Dame moving to the East, and now he got to go against Milwaukee, Boston, and boot it up now. So I don't really care about Philly. Philly's a, a damn mess in itself. Miami is always going to be Miami. They're going to be in the thick of things. New York, the Nova Knicks then got better. So pressure on Donovan to me. I don't, I don't care what nobody says. I got a question about Donovan, and this this sounds wild until you really think about it. Is he a better basketball player right now than Darius Garland? Ooh. <laughs> hey. Really, really think about it. Hey. <laughs> Defense. Um, I mean, I'm just, this, kind of thing, but. this is one thing I'll say about Darius Garland. I think this is going to be that breakout year for him. The same way we kind of seen De'Aaron Fox kind of take that jump this year, I think Darius Garland's next to kind of take that leap. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Darius Garland. He's so shifty with the ball in his hands and so quick. Like, for him, he, he's got to stay healthy for me. He's got to stay healthy, play a, 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 a lump sum of games. But I think that's really his only Achilles heel that he's been valued is being out there on the court. But – I can't really answer that question fully right now. I mean, there's things I that I look at it as Darius's team, to be honest. I, I know Donovan Mitchell came over there and he was already the better player. But once he got over there, it showed me a little different about him. Because obviously in Utah, once like in five years, when you really look at those lineups, it's like, all right, he was playing with bums. That's what they're going to call him in five years. Let's, let's just keep it frank. So he came over to Cleveland with more talent. Um, Evan Mobley gets buckets. Jared Allen isn't um, a score, but he somehow scrapes up 16 points, possibly 14 to 16 range. And then you had Darius Garland, who obviously we're talking about is a good basketball player. So it's like once he got surrounded by more talent, there was more games where he had duds than it was where he had 30 and 40 that we were expecting. Not saying you got to go out and score 30 a game, but it's barely any defense in the NBA. And then when you look out East, it's like, why weren't you way better than you were out West? It That's what's confusing me because the West is way harder. Yeah. You went East and got worse. So it's like, I don't On know. A better team. A conversation. On a better team. On a better team. And a defensive team at that. So you guys are getting a lot of stops. You're getting out in transition. Why don't you have 30, 20, 28 at least, 26? I, I don't know. He just he wasn't he wasn't in for me last year, and I'm a fan of him, but I'm also real honest when it comes to basketball, and I don't know the this this season is is gonna say a lot for him, especially when we see guys like Anthony Edwards taking a leap that he just did with Team USA, and now the eyes are gonna be on him, and we know he's only gonna get better too, and we're hearing how Imani Bates has been killing it over there in in, in Cleveland as far as preseason and training camp. So, hey, man, again, pressure pressure's going to be on you. He, he's definitely got to step up and show up and show out, man, and, and at least get Cleveland out of the first round. If you can't get Cleveland out the first round, then y'all can stop all the D-Wade comparisons right now because D-Wade ain't losing in the first round year after year after year with the type of talent that he has surrounding him over there in Cleveland. Yeah, and I don't know. I would have already started exploring trading Jared Allen. But we'll yeah, that during the trade talks that we love to have, but that's a guy I would have moved after he admitted that the playoffs lights is too bright. That was the craziest quote I've seen from a professional in a very long time. Other than that, I forgot what picture, but he was like, he'd rather not have fans in the stands. I was like, okay, you got to get him hey, off. That, hey, that picture who said that, that shit was hilarious. He was yeah, like, I thought it was, I thought it was a fair quote. Yeah, I thought it was a fake quote on TikTok. I'm watching it. Then I went to go really, like, Google it. I was like, oh, he's serious. I was like, okay, yeah, he's another guy that doesn't like pressure. And you're a professional. It's what you get paid for. So with Jared Allen, I, I would have moved on. But, again, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, man. But but like we said, just it's, it's going to be interesting to see how how all these trades come out, how, how it all plays out. Like we said, Boston looks good so far with, with their lineup. And then – we see how Milwaukee looks out there with Dane making his debut against the Lakers. It's going to be hard to guard that pick and roll a lot. So it's it's, it's going to be a fun time. Like we always say, the league only continues to get better and better. 
I don't ever see it really dropping off like like I've been saying for the longest now. We got the best reality show <laughs> on TV. Yo, what about let's let's bring up emo boy, uh, the Heat. Oh my gosh! So let let's emo let's Jimmy, emo Jimmy. Let's start here. Number one, they lost out not on one superstar, but two. You had a chance to get Bradley Beal. It was 95% chance going through, and then it got switched to the Suns. Cool, you lost that. Then you had the chance to get Dame. We watched this saga happen the whole summer. A lot of guys are still unsigned technically because of that, if we're going to be honest. Kelly Oubre just signed, what, two weeks ago? Christian Woods was awesome. the Lakers two, three weeks ago. It's a lot of moving parts that had to stay put because of this Dame to the Heat. And let's find a fourth and 15 and all that. So with the Heat losing out on two superstars, and we can go down the list from at least the last five years from the Paul Georges to Donovan Mitchell, you know, and we could keep going, but it's like their name is always top two, top three. They're somehow competing for the star. They have the pieces. (laughs) They can move this. They can move that. And it doesn't happen. We have to like Pat Riley much love, but we gotta get to him. He's stubborn. He isn't as great as people make him seem. He's still a great, but at this current moment, modern day, he's starting to make me feel like Phil Jackson when he went to the Knicks. That's all I'm gonna say. But come on, man. When when are we going to just condemn the heat. I see Jimmy Butler, which he's saving face. He's supposed to say, oh, we're going to be good regardless. Oh, we're going to the championship. Come on, man. That roster sucks. They lost two guys that was holding them together, and we didn't expect them to hold them together. So, I don't know, man. Good luck to them. They always prove me wrong. I would never lie about that. They do prove me wrong each year, but I finally feel like I'm going to be able to sit here and just laugh talk <laughs> i feel like this is the year man they don't have the team this team sucks they still relying on old ass kyle lowry who is garbage right now i can't wait <laughs> I can't wait hey this is what hey pat riley must really think he the dawn or he the godfather right now because for him to, to to really sit on caleb martin and be like yeah we ain't throwing him in any any game trades like, what I for sure would have gave up Caleb Martin and Tyler Hero, whoever y'all want, and go sign Kelly Oubre on the back end with the game and go match this up. Now, again, you're not going to throw all your draft assets out there. I would If I'm Portland, of course, I'm going to ask for Jaime Hawkins Jr., who had a good, solid summer league, or Nikola Jovic, who I've been a, a solid fan for myself. But to hold on to all them pieces and, being like, and to say we have a better roster than last year, stop the cap. You know, who who are you fooling out here? This ain't this ain't bubble. This ain't the 2020 season. This ain't five years ago. You're not getting away with this, Pat. You sorry that nobody want to take Kyle Lowry 30 million dollar contract that you would decide to give him. Now y'all gotta eat, y'all gotta eat that up. And, and it's looking real nasty. Like you said, we know they're gonna put up a fight. They the way the East is looking, they're gonna get to the playoffs easily. And they might be in a play-in situation again. <laughs> but I don't see them making that same run that they did. I'm sorry. Like I said, in season, they may pull the trigger on somebody. We always know there's a disgruntled. No, I take that back. We know they're not going to pull the trigger on a disgruntled superstar no. during the season. I'm sorry. They they just won't. But we know there's going to be somebody disgruntled, not named James Harden, that wants to get out of their city. Are they going to pull the trigger and make it do it? If they didn't do it for Dame, I don't see who else they would do it for. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you, man, because like like you said, and like I've been saying, they're they're just a team that sits on their ass and is able to somehow sneak into the playoffs. Salute Jimmy, man. He he does a good job. Bam is great. But you have you have Tyler Hero who's pissed off, who is mad at management because his name has been nothing but dragged this whole season. Everywhere, (laughs) through the mud, (laughs) in the air. I, I don't I don't know. But probably like they'd probably be a seven seed at the end of it, and it'll piss me off. But I just hope that they exit round one and don't upset these Celtics or Bucks because one of them is going to be one and one or two, and one of them is going to have trouble, and I'm gonna be pissed. Hopefully, Philly's too, so they could just get Philly out of here, and we won't really bat an eye because it's Philly. 
Yeah, I, I don't get I don't get and one thing that I, I, I don't understand with the heat, well I'm not gonna understand that I don't like and he's been doing too much talking this year. Like I haven't heard this much talking from that their their camp and their franchise in past time, but Bam 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 is on his on his what I call his Jaron Jackson Jr. tour where he wants to rant and scream how he's the best defensive player dog. Just continue to do what you've been doing. We know that you've been locking down on defense. We've seen it. We see it when you proved it in a bubble. You proved it last year. Just keep being who you are. Continue to play your game, dog. You're gonna it's you're gonna be all right. You don't have to 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 point out to the casuals that oh, this is what defense looks like. There's a, we know people watching the stats. We know these same writers who are voting are watching the stats. They're not watching the games. So again, you, you saying it ain't gonna make nothing else no more different. All it's gonna make people do is just still go to the to the stat line. Look and see what's going on. Go to that box where it says plus and minus, and just judge y'all based off that. That's 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 the day and age we live in right now, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's it's him and it's Jimmy, and then it's Pat Riley being stubborn. It's just like there, there's a dark cloud over there. There's a dark cloud, and hopefully it really does rain in South Beach. I want it to flood. <laughs> I, I'm waiting, man. I, I respect players individually, but as a franchise, man, that, that franchise is some. It, it's like they they have their nose up to everybody, and it's like, what have you done? What have you done since LeBron left to have your nose up like that? Like, you made it. We beat y'all. So have some respect. I, I don't get it, but, hey, I can't wait for their downfall. That's a team I'm rooting against for sure. So, but, you know, there's a lot of teams in the NBA upcoming season. What's some like expectations you got, man? Uh, since we're in the East, we'll stay in the East real quick. Um, I really like what 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 Detroit has got going right now. Uh, I've been taking a peek at, at some of their preseason games. I really like what Monty has with that young core and that group out there. Can K stay healthy? Please stay healthy, K Cunningham, because you are due for a breakout season. I think he's. He he's gonna show what he got with him and Jaden Jaden Ivy in that back uh, backcourt with the uh, with Asora Thompson, who shows he's a two way player for sure. Who's gonna lock up on the on the defensive side first before he's worried about the offensive side. So that's something scary. And then you also got Jalen Duran going to his second year in the NBA at officially eighteen years old or nineteen years old. Like they really got some some young studs over there, some young bulls over there that can really run. So I want to see them take the next leap. Um, I want to see Orlando Magic. I want to see them take the next step. I like Paolo Bancaro. He look, he's been looking good in the preseason. We've seen what Franz did in the World Cup. If you've been watching, Franz has only been getting better throughout his small stint in the NBA. But I want to see if if Orlando's going to unload on some of those backcourt guards. Like I feel like they're just – it's a log jam back there with folks, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and then they just drafted Jet Howard. So I think at, at some point they got to mix it up. They got to mix it up. They go and, and bring in someone who's who can really propel them into a, a, a real chance at winning. They got the right pieces, I think, as far as their young core with Paolo and Franz. And and we'll see who their, their young guard for the choosing is going to be. I think they're going to rock with Markel Fultz. I think he's going to have a solid season, too. But it's interesting to see what's going to be going on over there. And then also, too, as well, just um, on as far as the young teams go, um, again, OKC man, we it's, it's here now. They got to put it. They got to put it together. If they, they, I think personally, they'll they will be in that in the top ten seating again. They'll be fighting in that play. I don't think they see them being top six. Maybe they'll finish top eight. But then again, we see how the season is going on. They're gonna have to fight for their spot when the official play in, playoffs start. So. Again, Shea is now all of a sudden getting recognized for his talents. We're going to see how, how he reacts now since he's going to be under the spotlight game in and game out. It's not this quiet guy going going through the storm now. It's, okay, the bulls are, the target's on your back now. Everybody sees what OKC can bring to the table, so no one's treating him like little bro anymore. Now y'all got to step up and fight every night and be ready to give hell. I think Chet's going to win rookie of the year. Um, just because he's coming off a, a, a first-year red shirt. He shouldn't be a rookie. I get that. I don't think he should be a rookie after you didn't spend time in the NBA. But, again, just by going off the rules, he's going to be the rookie of the year in my eyes. I And the difference between him and, and Victor Wimbanyama that I noticed 
is is that Chet is a shot blocker right away. Like he's a rim protector. He's gonna be there on defense right away. Like he's he wants to be that backline defender. Well, when I'm not saying that he doesn't want to be, but we see him roaming around the perimeter more and and, and switching on. I'm not saying he can't block shots because we've seen him do it, but he's more perimeter based than Chet, who's literally the, the last line of defense out there for him. So that's that's what I just think on the on the young teams, but as far as the 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 guys that, that we want to look that we're gonna be looking at. I want to see what Dallas is gonna do. I want to see if they if they can make the playoffs. Like we said, a, a full year with Luca and Kyrie. We're gonna see how that works for 82 games. Uh, I'm gonna have a prediction during the season, uh, but but we we're gonna see how that 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 tandem works out. And then also can can Sacramento prove it again? That's what I want to see. Teams like that can they prove it again? Can Memphis, I don't see them being a top three seed again. Can they prove it also as well that they deserve to be in the top in, in the playoffs, especially starting without John Morant? And then once again, I go back, I go back to the Pelicans also. We Zion, we ain't seen you play more than 30 games in a season, honestly. I haven't seen him play more than 30 games. He probably has, but I haven't seen it consistent like 30 consecutive games. I can at least say that. CJ McCollum, honestly, to me, it looked like he started to regress in, in New Orleans ever since he left Dame, and he had to be kind of that lead guard, kind of see how you get put in that light. It ain't the same anymore. And then also, too, with Brandon Ingram, he's looking to bounce back and get his um, – looking to get a bag this, this offseason, next offseason. So he's got something to prove as well. So, again, I want to see – those are like my, my prove-it teams as far as like coming out the West. Yeah, just to stay on the Pelicans, man. So I have a couple guys I want to see moved on. I want to see Brandon Ingram move on from the Pelicans. I think he had a bad summer, to be honest. Let's just call he it. Did. He, he did. He had a bad summer. His name and his rep isn't really where it should be, where it was a year and a half ago. Let's be honest, Before, even before the trade, man, when he was on the Lakers, his name was right there with Tatum, right there with Jalen Brown. Now, let's be he like ten below. Like if we had if we ranking those those under twenty five guys, he's not top five no more. He's not even mentioned. Yeah, he he not even you're right. He's not mentioned for real. I mean, because that list is kind of short, you you probably find him at like nine ten ish. But he used to be right there. So I'd like to see him move on. I think the Pelicans again. People are hoping for them, which I understand, but. They're going to be the same, if not worse. They're already fighting injuries. They're already fighting injuries now. And it's more to come. Like, we all, you can't avoid injuries. So, if it's already starting in the preseason, you know what that means. So, um, a couple more team or a couple more guys I want to see moved on. I want Buddy Hill to move on finally. Stop saying. I want Cole Anthony to move on. Like you said, you already gave, um, the explanation why it's too many guards over there. And I think he's a decent talent. I wouldn't mind seeing him as like a backup point guard for the New York Knicks. Maybe even I think I think I'll not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Out of those young guards in Orlando, I think he's the most you can get back in a return for Cole Anthony. Like he's the most proven out of out of majority of them. And we've he's shown that he can ball in this league and definitely help a contending team. So like you said, if you're one of those contenders, I'll definitely make that call over there to to uh to Orlando. Yeah, and though they're gonna be our rivals coming up, but I, I do want to see TJ move to the Suns. I think that's a perfect fit for him. Vogel's a perfect coach for him because that's a scrappy, hard-nosed guy, but also just as a backup point guard and maybe even a clutch time point guard. Because yep. when things get sticky, I mean it's cool to have one-on-one basketball and be ISO and all that, but when things get sticky and you gotta set somebody up. I think he'd be the perfect guy instead of just having Bill and um, Booker just keep switching off point guard roles. I think to balance it out, you get a guard who's also cheap and you don't have to spend too much money. You get a guard like that and he'll settle you down. He's a winning player. He hasn't won in the NBA, but he's a winning player. He makes all the right moves. I think him going to that team will be obviously a little bit of a downgrade, but it's it's almost the same as Derek White going to the Celtics and what he was able to provide. So I want to see him over there. Um, 
I want to see James Wiseman. I want to see him actually get a chance. Same. Let the Pistons have a good team. I know he's fighting for that that role right now with Marvin Bagley. Only one of them will be in the rotation. And I think both of them actually deserve to be, but that's what the coach decided. I do want to see Isaiah Stewart move because of that reason, but they probably won't now that they gave him money. He was a candidate before the money. So I want to see Wiseman, I guess, win that out. And I do want to see Marvin Bagley go to a different team and actually get a chance. Um, I do have a question, though. So you got Pacers? Magic, and I was thinking of one other team. Pacers, Magic. Oh, whatever. With the Pacers and Magic, who do you have that is better right now? Or who um, right now? AC. Uh, I I got I got the Indiana Pacers right now. Oh, you Pistons, bring up- sorry, that was my third team. Pistons, Pacers, Magic's Pistons. Three three team gauntlet. Who wins it? Just for the AC, yeah, I would have to get the upper edge right now to Indiana just because they got more of they got more of pros over there. They're not so young, meaning deal with Miles Turner and um, TJ McConnell over there. They got they got guys who who've been in that situation, who's been on playoff runs, knows what it takes to get there. So I think that would edge them out in that situation. Of course, we'll see Tyrese Halliburton take another step as as he got his bag. But like you said, if Buddy gets moved. Who, who does he get moved for? Who do you bring in in that situation? So I think a lot weighs on that because he makes the floor easy, a lot open, easier for everyone else. But then again, I want to see I want to see what Ben uh, Ben Matherin looks like in his second year. I like what he did last year as a rookie. He's someone who's going to be able to, to 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 take that next step in his game. And then also too, um, let's not forget Mister Get a Bad Bruce Brown over there now. So let's see let's see what his true impact is worth on that team can he make that team better and can he get them to the playoffs if he can get if he can be a an impact player for that team where it it results to the playoffs salute to that bag he got he didn't get paid off for what he just did in different i i can honestly say Jokic and murray didn't get him paid if he's able to give that success just for them getting to the playoffs but i'm rooting but personally i'm rooting for detroit okay yeah, it's like I'm I'm going back and forth. You kind of had me lean again to the paces, but I think it's the magic. I think they already were pretty good last year. They stayed pretty healthy. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Especially the second half of the season. Yeah, Wendell Carter Jr. knows his role. I think he's a great big. Um, Paulo, he had a decent summer with USA, but just overall season last year, he was good. And then, like you said, France Wagner is coming off a great summer, a great – I mean, he won gold. So, right <laughs> now, it's like, I don't know. that. Just those three, on top of all the pieces that they have, they've been log jam, so it's not like something new to where it's going to be a problem. They've already been log jam at guard. So, I think that they just translate a little better to winning basketball. I think the Pacers will be good, and I think Bruce Brown will elevate them. But health is going to be my question because Miles Turner isn't always healthy. Allen Burton was out last year. And then I think that that log jam with the Pacers is a little different. So you have Ben and you have Buddy. You have Allen Burton. You have TJ. And I miss – oh, you have um Aaron, Naismith, and then you have um Nimhard. So you have six guards. And who's going to get those minutes? All those guards were playing last year. And the only reason they were all playing is because they were injured. So right. the problem, because we don't, we don't, we hadn't seen the Pacers healthy. And then you add Bruce. Bruce, yes, he's a small four, but he's six four. He's really a guard. Yeah. So it's like, are you going to keep being small when you're going up against taller teams? Like, like the Magic. The Magic are damn near 6'10 all. Uh, Markel Fultz was the only 6'5 guy on the floor. So what happens when you go up against a team like that or when you're playing Giannis? Like, the the Pacers going to have to be a little bigger in that lineup, and then their bench is also pretty small. So I don't know. I, I see them moving Buddy finally, but I don't know if it actually happens. And if it doesn't, then TJ has to be moved. One of the two has to be. It's not really up for debate. One of those two have to go. So with that situation going on, I just like the magic a little more. I am rooting for the Pistons, but – that's like where you gotta be honest. Like I'm 
It's something over there. That's a dark cloud team, too. They have the pieces. Is it going to translate, and are they going to stay healthy? Because if they stay healthy, right. like you said, Cade, Cade is fun to watch, man. He's he's a winning basketball player as well. But the rest of his team, are they winning basketball players? I don't know. They're they're all about themselves individually. Other than for sure. But, but but now as we as we talk about some of our expectations and talk to teams who who pretty much not gonna have a chance to win a title. Let's just be honest, call it what it is. Yeah. Um who, who, who have any, let's just say in our top ten right now, top ten who, who are fighting for in, in those playoff spots. Okay, I'll start with West. So you got the Lakers, Nuggets. Suns, Clippers, Grizzlies, Lakers, Clippers, Sun. Let me let me pull out the because I ain't gonna miss nobody. I ain't gonna be stupid. So I said Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Grizz. Nuggets. Yeah, Denver, Golden State, OKC. That's seven. Minnesota at eight. It's oh sack. I'm sorry, sack and Dallas. Here we go. Those are the ten. I keep. I ain't gonna lie. I keep staring at the Jazz for some reason to somehow be at that ten. But if I don't, if the Mavericks have some type of injury there. They can miss out on the playoffs again. So, West-wise, it's definitely going to be hard. East is going to be easy for us to even talk about. But the West, right, 7 through 11, is going to be so close together. It, it looks scary because I don't know, even with the Warriors, people ain't going to like to hear this, but if Curry's hurt and Chris Paul's a starter. <laughs> it's Curry. Have- yeah, like, are we really expecting him to win a lot of games? Draymond hasn't even played in the preseason. And Clay, I mean, we don't know how important that bag is to him, but they've already said the contract talks is broken off and they're far apart in talk. So will that linger on? Like, we've seen this dynasty kind of fall already. Will that be the final, like, leg that they shoot off? I don't know. So 7 through 10 going to be hard, but uh, do you have a different 10? But not a different, slightly different. But before you, before you move, uh, uh, before I move on to my ten, I'm gonna say this about the Warriors. Uh, and this is no disrespect to Clay, all right. But when he starts talking shit, things don't go well for him. Like I, I don't know if he re- he's realized that, but he want to go on Instagram, quote Tupac, this type of energy I'm on. Just save that for yourself, man. Like you don't have to share that with us, because when you do shit like that. We've seen the results. Devin Booker lit your ass up. The late, you look the worst you've looked in, in, in that, that last series in, against the Lakers. And that's the last time we've seen you play. And you were saying, oh, I can't wait to go out there and, and, and this, that, and the third. And you look like just a pedestrian. So, again, if the whole, like you said, if Chris Paul gets hurt for an extended period of time, which he was last year, you don't have a Jordan pool to, to fall on for those points. Y'all got in y'all feelings and trade that man away instead of manning up. Just y'all, y'all chose mind over him, so y'all gonna have to deal with that. While Jordan Poole, who I think is gonna end up being top ten in scoring this year, because he ain't got nobody to defer to. He got he's in his own fast lane, green light ultimate situation. Put it this way, and, and LA people will notice he on a ninety freeway right now. Ain't nobody stopping him. Eating nobody. Yeah, I see that. I I don't know, man. I. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, just just to go on, on the top ten. I'll say this. I have the same ten teams as you, minus Minnesota. I don't trust Minnesota unless they trade Carl Anthony Towns. Now you talking <laughs> about somebody who I don't like? Bless you. You talking about somebody who I don't like as a player? It's Carl Anthony Towns. And because again, I've been saying this for years. It's it's empty calorie stats. None of his numbers are gonna equate to winning. All that talking doesn't equate to shit. You can't you you running around saying you're the, the greatest big man shooter. First of all, you ain't gonna disrespect Dirk like that. Dirk Dirk is the greatest big shooter I've ever seen. 
first and foremost. Second of all, what else we you didn't I didn't see none of that shooting when when you was out there playing against Denver. I saw the best player on your team was Anthony Edwards by far. And a lot of times throughout that series, you weren't even a top five, six player on the court during that series. So he's another player who I'm tired of just talking. I hope he gets traded somewhere where where Ant-Man can now just thrive and they build around him because that's that's what they they should be geared towards. Now, who would I put into that top 10 now? I would put a Utah Jazz in that top 10 situation. So my top 10 is, and this is no particular order right now, the Lakers, Clippers, um, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, um, OKC, Dallas, um, Utah, and who else am I blanking out on right now? Uh, Did you say Clippers? Yeah, I said the Clippers. Oh, Golden State. I didn't hear Golden State. Golden State. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I got Golden State in that in that top 10. But I got like as far as like those playing teams fighting for the last two spots, I'll give it to them. I will give it to those top uh those top 10 teams. As far as the the those last two spots, though, like you said, those teams are playing in one game situations. So it, it can really get ugly. We don't know who may get hot, who may get cold, who who may be hurt who may get hurt in that situation in those games. God forbid, like, hopefully everybody is intact, ready, so nobody have no excuses. But, again, the game is the game. We know injuries going to come with it. Like, people can continue to 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 complain about it. But, again, that's why you got to build your roster the way teams the way teams that in the past have built them. So, you know, people going to ask, what, what about the Rockets? Do you have them creeping at 10-11, or you just think they're still a disaster? They still – I would say this. They're moving in the right direction, but with everyone else getting better in the West, they're still going to be a bottom a bottom feeder team. Like, yeah. I I have Portland better than Houston over there just because of the locker room situation. Like I, I trust Chauncey. Not that I don't trust Ime Udoka. They're just so young over there in Houston. I don't really know to, to see with that group over compared to at least with Portland. They got pros over there and, and Jeremy Grant, Brogdon, and Aiton. So I expect them to be better than – than Houston at least, and then also too as well, like we said, with injuries going on, if they can stay somewhat healthy more in, in certain parts of the season, they can play spoiler to a lot of teams and fuck up a lot of team situations. Yeah, especially when they play at home. A lot of teams going to look at them as an easy win, maybe off a of back-to-back, and they'll be yeah. at home with that crowd rocking and sneak away a win. Yeah, man, it's possible. It's going to happen, man, but but yeah, um, let's move on to the East, man. As far as as far as top ten teams go, you know who, who, who we we already know the main three. We got we already know it's gonna be Milwaukee, Boston, Philly in there. So so let's let's just take it from there. Who who you got after those three? So after those three, I got Cleveland, um, Atlanta, both New York teams. So that's seven. Um. Orlando at eight, Miami nine, and then this is just yeah. You it's it's in the Indiana or Detroit? No, it's not. I'm going with Washington. Cool. I, think, I think somehow, some way, with Kuzma, with Poole being on a revenge tour, um, Tyus Jones over there finally being the man. I think that team is going to shock a lot of people. Um, I, I don't, think so, too. I don't think they'll be, you know, top six, top seven. But I think that they will stay around 11, 12-ish for so long that at the end of the season, they'll somehow be 10. Now, I didn't count the Raptors, who I know could be better. Um, I didn't count Detroit. Excuse me, and I didn't count the Pacers. But I think that those three teams are going to play harder matchups, meaning that teams are going to take them more serious. So it's kind of the same thing with Portland, where a lot of teams are going to look at Washington like they can't defend, but they can put points on the board. They can put a lot of points on the board real quick, real early. Jordan Poole can get real hot. He's going. He just had 41 in preseason. 
in three quarters, dog. Like, come on. I can't wait to that first game against Golden State in the Bay or in DC. He going for 60. <laughs> better. He better. Either 60 points or 60 shots, but he going for 60. Either one. And then Kuz continues to be better. Last year he was showing us he can almost be a triple double guy at some points in the game. Um, he played way better defense. He was still a third option, but there was nights where Bill wasn't out there. He was the second option, really the first, because Porzingis kind of took a back yeah. a lot. And it wasn't like a knock to Porzingis. Porzingis was still playing his game, but I'm saying Kuz was setting up the offense, was playing. He defense. stepped up into that role. Yeah. So I think the way the interviews I've heard and the way he's been talking, he sounds like a leader. He doesn't sound like the cocky Kuz that – from the old days, or he doesn't sound like a guy trying to prove himself. He sounds like a guy that's trying to help others. So I I think in the back of my mind, I'm kind of rooting for them to go 10, but I'm not going to be oblivious and act like, you know, the Pacers or the Raptors aren't a better team, but that's just my sneaky 10th team, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense, man. That's not a bad sneaky 10, sneaky 10 right there. I, I, uh, I like that, and that made me open up some eyes to a few things for sure. But, but yeah, man, like we said, just we already know the top three teams. We've already mentioned out of the East, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. Um, then just picking up from there, like you said, you got the Knicks, uh, the Cavs, Nets. Uh, what is that? What seven? Um, also the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to be in there. I think now I'm at seven, but yeah, the Hawks. I'll put in there. I think they'll make the playoffs, and then. Those those last few spots I got, I would say Orlando. I got Orlando also sneaking in at the A spot at the end of the season. I would go, I would go Indiana nine. And then, like I said, just because I'm rooting for them and be a little bit biased right now, I got Detroit at the 10 spot. I did have you did bring up some good open points with uh Washington. I actually did have them at 11. But for me, I, where I really got – I wouldn't say confused or anything, but just where I got caught up is, okay, do it. Do I want to see Orlando or Detroit? Because like we mentioned, we mentioned in the past before, we really like those teams as far as how they've been building in the right direction with the draft process, even with their, their talent development of the, of the guys they got. You mentioned it, Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr., who was kind of lost in the sauce in Chicago, not his fault, but now comes over into Orlando has found a niche in his role. So, again, that's that's going to be a big piece for them also as well. I think he's definitely going to take another leap in his game, too, to where you got to start probably mentioning him as far as most improved players. Okay, so out east, we got the same type of situation. Don't well, say Charlotte. Not the Bulls. Oh. <laughs> Charlotte, no. They're on timeout. Those little badass kids, just yeah. relegate them. Bring in the G League night team. I don't care. Just Relegate deal away with Charlotte. Relegate is crazy. But the Bulls, they got our guy, DeMar. They got Zach. They have Vucevic. They already kind of admitted this is their last run at it. They kind of know that all in the back of their heads. So, to me, that adds pressure to them. And it adds a little bit of fire to them. So, why don't we have them in our top ten? Because the writing's on the wall with Alonzo. They have no no floor general out there to really set the table. We kind of know what to expect as far as Zach Levine kind of being one fit in, one fit out on Billy Donovan. Not just really the team, but it just seems like him and his coaching. Uh, again, DeMar's going to continue to get disrespected because he doesn't shoot seven, eight threes a game. But he's going to continue to give you those efficient numbers by taking the quote-unquote worst shot in basketball by taking that mid-range. But he's going to continue to abuse it. And Vucevic, like we said, he's going to get his numbers also as well. They're all going to get their numbers, but we know it's just not going to equate to to any team success as far as them advancing into the playoffs, or even probably getting to the playoffs where we see everyone else steadily improving and moving their needle, where it seems like the Bulls are just – they're just stagnant. They're just here, right? Even in the offseason, they didn't really do anything to make any splashes or nothing. They just kind of stepped back and was just like, hey, we're just going to roll with the punches and just say, fuck it. So do they make a in-season trade trade deadline? I think Zach Levine's going to be on a lot of. We're going to hear a lot of rumors about Zach Levine because he's going to be the most wanted commodity out there as far as the players to trade for. Um, but then again, also just depends on team team needs. We don't know who's going to go down, but I think Zach Levine's going to be the the more hot hot product out there as far as what teams want. You already know we're going to hear your man Pat Riley 
he are going to be interested in him, of course. But I think the 76ers should look into it. I mean, if you really want to move on from James, put James with DeMar, at least try to look at that pairing. At least James got somebody from the same city as him where he can rock with. And you got somebody who can set the table over there. I think that's probably the most the the most logical sense as far as a trade partner. But will it happen? I did probably not just because it just won't. And and, not, and let me just say this too, just a quick side note. Is it me or is some of these NBA trades starting to look like NFL trades where you really sit back and look like this is all you got for it or or what the hell was this? Like, um, there's a few deals where I'm looking like this shit don't make no sense. Yeah, it's, it's starting to get just like, I mean, we're spoiled. It's the NBA. We're spoiled, definitely, because we see blockbuster deals. But some of these trades, like like the Kevin Porter Jr. trade. Yeah. It was kind of like, what was the point of that? Like, okay, you got this two. Just they basically they paid they paid almost fifteen million for two second round picks. <laughs> like just wave them. Yeah, like I I didn't understand that. Um, obviously, the Rockets will get something for Victor. It seems like um, James Earl, he or Jermaine Earl, whatever, he could play over there. Maybe I don't know. It it just didn't make sense. They got to clear their books, and then the Thunder paid fifteen million for two second round picks. When I seen other teams pay maybe one to two million, I, it just the math didn't add up. So yeah, we we definitely are starting to see some walky trades, but I, I I can't even describe it to you to be honest. Yeah, man, I don't get it, but but again, man, like we we're we're due for another great season, no matter what. Overall, the NBA continues to keep getting better. We got the the end season tournament coming up. Um, Again, I, I don't think a lot of people realize this. Yes, it's called the in-season tournament, but these games still count against our regular 82-game schedule. So but I, it's going to be interesting to see how teams really treat it as far as do they go all out, do they not. We've seen Chris Paul make a statement talking about they're going to win the in-season tournament. I guess he really wants a trophy that bad to say he won something in the NBA. So I, I guess. But, again, man, shout-out to the Lake Show family, man. Welcome. And we're glad to be a part of this thing, man. And, again, we, we can't wait till we get started next Tuesday. Season is, is officially here. Luke Fo, you got anything you want to say to the people, man, before we get on out of here? Man, just salute to y'all for the support. I know y'all have been texting us a million times when y'all going to show your face, put this on YouTube, whatever. We're here now, so keep that same energy. Keep that same support. We really do appreciate it, and it's only going to get better, man. Yes, sir. Like we always like to say, we want to continue to to support support all women, protect all women. We want to continue to to lead the youth. All right, continue to push them in the right direction. And like we said, man, we out. Love is love. Peace. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page BNL underscore Podcast.